I've done a dumb thing, but I'm not dumb. So right. I can figure this out. And that's right. the, my whole, everything is always to me. I can figure this out. Can you do this? Sure. And in my head, I'm like, I have no idea how to do that. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron. And each week, my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, welcome back to Women Creating Wealth. We have today a superstar special guest who I've, I mean, we've already been using up half the time talking amongst ourselves because she's so awesome and fun and I love her already. Felicia Fro, Dr. Felicia Fro, she is awesome. She's the founder of Money with Mission which is an investment company that focuses on empowering professional women like us to build wealth and achieve financial freedom through social impact investing, which is, right? Why can't we all be like that? But that's not even all she does. And I want to touch on that. I want her to tell you how she, all, all her marvelousness. Felicia, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited to talk some more with you. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I agree. We should have been recording all that other stuff and just put that out there because we've been having a good time over here in the, we'll call it the green room, but it's the Zoom room, whatever we call it here. Exactly. Exactly. Then yeah. we can just let, leave it out there for entertainment value. Or even if like I need to be cheered up one day, I can listen to it. <laughs> so you did not start your life as a social impact investor, did you? No, I didn't. Um in my, we'll start with my adult life. We won't go through all that. Right. <laughs> we didn't come back to the cradle and all those mistakes. So just start with the good stuff with the, adult start, with stuff. the good, start with that stuff where, you know, I, I did grow up in a family of middle-class. My dad's a veterinarian. My mom's a social worker and it was go to school, get a job, work there till you retire or die or both and um, move on. So I did that. I went to college I became a physician. I went to medical school, residency, a urologist. I was one of the first 100 female urologists in the United States. I am that old. Um, <laughs> you could say that accomplished, you know, <laughs> or that outstanding. <laughs> it was, and it wasn't that long ago. That's the interesting part about it. It really wasn't that long ago that there was less than 100 female urologists in the country. It's much better than that right now. And so I practiced urology for like, we could, that's a lot of years of school, six years of residency, got out. And it was within the first five years of that, that I realized that this wasn't the last thing I was going to do. I mean, I wasn't going to retire from medicine. I wasn't going to die in medicine. This was, it, it was just a feeling. And I now, when I think about it now, it feels like I heard it. Like, this isn't it. And this, this, this is just not it. And it took a long time to finally, to realize that where, where I was going to, be. I don't know if this is where I'm going to end up, but I, I don't know, maybe about five years in, six years in, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which opened my eyes to all the different ways about money. Actually, don't mind about money. We think we know money all our lives. And then you read something like, okay, I knew nothing. Started reading more and more and more. And probably about five years from that, we bought our first real estate property which was a single family home. <clears throat> I got into it because actually one of my patients who was a young woman came in anytime she wanted. I asked her finally one day what she did. And she said, well, I'm a real estate investor. And we talked more and more. And she actually helped me buy the first property. 
by doing this. She went with me to look at it. She, we walked through it. She said, if you don't buy it, I'm going to buy it. If you buy it, we'll let you use our crew to rehab it. If you buy it, rehab it and rent it and don't make money, I'll buy it from you. Wow. Like, what an opportunity though. Can exactly. I just say like all these fears and risks and people, things that people are like so scared about, you're just like, somebody just said, don't worry about that. That talk about a calling, right? Talk about following the path and getting all the, all the bricks laid for you. That's fantastic. And it was still scary, <laughs> which is understandable, right? Way out of your comfort zone. That, I was still scared, but we did it. She never had to buy it from us. And we built up really fast. We built up 18 properties in about two years. And then 2008 happened and we realized how much we didn't know. We lost all of that stuff because we were poorly capitalized. We didn't have enough money. We lost it. A lot happened. I ended up getting divorced and, and not just because of that, but that was just like the nail in the coffin on that yeah. one. <clears throat> Credit score 500. I'm still a physician. I'm working full, full-time urology, which as tired as I was, was really a blessing because credit score 500, I still have make a lot of money. So I'm, I'm doing okay. And, um, it was after that, when I realized like, so real estate isn't the problem. The problem was me. I didn't know what I was doing and now I'm not alone. Get some more education, <laughs> right? I mean, you jumped in there and I was, we were good. We knew everything. Right. And then you find that you don't. So I started, got more education, Was have been in a lot of um, network, mentoring clubs, spent a lot of money understanding and learning more and more about real estate. And it was, you know, multifamily apartments and single family houses and all these kind of things. And they were just kind of, yeah, you can make money and you can do well financially, but they weren't feeding me. And it was kind of like urology. I can do this and I'm good at it, but it's not feeding me. And then I learned about, um, um, uh, well, my brain, residential Social assisted impact. living, oh, residential okay. assisted yep. living was the first thing. And it was a guy was teaching this course. I went there and he talked about doing well and doing good. And that song, that was the thing. It's like, ah, this makes sense. Open assisted living home that had, hasn't gone great. It's still, we've, we've made some money. It's not, that's been much more difficult than the classes make it seem. <laughs> that's to pay attention to. <laughs> Just so you know. Exactly. <laughs> and then I, I was introduced to some folks doing um, some with stuff with food, indoor controlled farming. We ended up doing a grocery store in North Tulsa, full service grocery store where there had not been a full service grocery store for more than 10 years. Um, there's a lot to that. And th this is when I really got to social impact. This stuff really makes a difference in people's lives and not just the investor life, because that's important to me. I want my investors to do well, mm -hmm. but I want us to do well in the world also. It's not just about our money and our financial bottom line. Right. So important. Don't get me wrong. And we can do that and make a difference and help other people at the same time. So that's that's where I'm going with that. This social capitalism is is my real drive, and that's what really feeds me. Awesome. So how do you find the areas? I mean, how do you decide where you're going to do where and what you're going to target? There's <laughs> there's so many areas, right? So it's just like everything else. There's you can be everywhere 
all at once. There's a movie like that out there about that. <laughs> I saw that one. <laughs> Is it everywhere, everything all at once? I don't remember what it's called, yeah, but anyway. Every, yeah, that's yeah, everywhere. Something everywhere all at once. All at once. Yeah. yeah anyway. Yeah. Um, weird fingers. <laughs> you know, actually so far things come to me. I was, I mean, I've networked. It's not like I'm sitting at my house and things are just falling in my door, but <laughs> and you go out and you start talking to people and you explain what you're doing and you, you know, just general conversations like this and people that the folks here in Tulsa called me and said, Hey, can you help us raise money? This is what we're doing. And I'm like, sounds like something I'm into. And now I I'm getting more and more involved in that food and food desert. Yeah even medical desert. So a bunch, a lot of stuff is coming in, but food and food deserts is where I'm mostly focusing right now mm-hmm. and working with some folks on bringing indoor controlled farms to different places in the Midwest because the Midwest doesn't have long growing seasons. And we've figured out supply chains aren't always going to get us the food that we need mm-hmm. um, that has a high enough nutritional value. So that's, right. that's a big thing too. So where food's coming from California or wherever it's coming from and it's traveling a long time and the nutritional value by the time it gets here is not where it needs to be, which leads to all those health problems that we have, obesity, diabetes, all the the things because we have, I'm eating well, but the nutrition in the food is not good. So, But also sometimes people aren't even eating well. I mean, this is sort of a separate problem, but when it's a dollar for a Big Mac and it's you know, a dollar for one tomato, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, exactly. No, hundred percent. And that's, you know, North Tulsa, uh, or Tulsa, the city did a resilience study and found out that people in North Tulsa, which is the lower income side of town, had an 11 year less life expectancy than the people in the rest of the, t- of the city. And that's 11 years in that's one city, just divided by not even a real division. Right. And just economic. Yeah, exactly. Or, or challenges. One of the, you know, the, obviously that's a multifactorial problem. It's not just food. It's not just no, any no. one thing. Food is right. healthcare. It's a lot of things. But I mean, if we broke it down to the base, to me, I'm food has got to be a bottom, really close to the bottom of what the problem is. If you don't have access to good food, nutritious food, you're not going to live as long. You're going to get all those things. And there's 15 fast food restaurants in the two block area of our grocery store. And they, that's what was there. And just like you said, a dollar for a Big Mac, a dollar for a tomato. I got three kids, four kids to feed. Yeah. It's not going to get far on a tomato. It's not much of a choice. (laughs) And there's a whole education part to it. There's a lot to it, but having access to good, healthy food is, has become very, very much core of my being and for everybody. Yeah. Do you think that, so there are a lot of different ways that I've heard people making a social impact in a particular community. And one of the ways I hear a lot of is the arts. And then I hear obviously the term, the food desert, you know, and that you're in this area and like, where do I need to go if I want to get good, healthy, quality, fresh food, food that I can make myself, you know, thing that Mm -hmm. can go a little farther that isn't going to be this crappy, just grease and salt stuck together and something that looks like a burger. Now, do you think that you're, um, what impact do you think the fact that you have a medical background, is that how, do you think that's how you ended up with food rather than some other way of potentially impacting a community? Maybe, but it didn't, it wasn't a conscious decision. Let's put it that way. It was, it just, it became the thing. Um, I mean, health is still 
food and yes, food and health go together. And as I decided to do the food, all these other health things came in, of course, I'm working with a company called Fresh RX, who's doing, who has, um, it's a nonprofit that brings people with uncontrolled diabetes in and teaches them to eat healthier. And we've finished our first year with the decrease in hemoglobin A1Cs, which is a measure of how well your diabetes is controlled. Six and below is normal, non-diabetic. Six and above is diabetic. And these folks were in the program with eight and higher when they came in. And we had a good percentage come down into less than eight or at least a two point drop. So if you come in at 14 of A1C and you drop to 12, that's a significant difference. And there's statistics that show how much less healthcare you need when yeah. you get your A1Cs down. So those, it's just, like you said, the ripple effect of one thing making a big difference. <clears throat> that That's one place where we are measuring the things like having the grocery store here. I don't know that we can measure. I don't know. I don't know how to measure the effect that has on the entire community. I don't know. Well, one thing that I think of, you know, taking like a more of a devil's advocate, I guess, kind of a view or whatever, is that one of the reasons that the that there wasn't a store, you know, a grocery store there in the first place is because they thought that there wasn't going to be enough business for them to be successful. And is that turning out to be they having any challenges in that regard? No, the, we did something different. This grocery store that had been here years before was a big grocery store, just a big footprint. We have a smaller footprint, a Trader Joe's size footprint store, and we have it, there is a nonprofit associated with it. So while the grocery store is a for-profit entity, there's this nonprofit associated with it that there's a, there's a, there's a joined thing happening there. So yes, there are a lot of people here who still cannot afford what one of the highest, our highest income comes from food stamp or EBT, which it's fine. It spends like money. It works just fine. Um, and then there's even people who are in that middle place who aren't in a place where they make low enough income to get food stamps or EBT, and they still don't have enough to afford all the food they really need. And through the nonprofit, we can help with that. So right. there's just a, it's a, it's a, we made a, it's more of a community type place. So there's a lot going on. A lot of the nonprofit stuff is going on there. Plus the, of course, the full service for-profit grocery store. So that's the that's the model we built and the model we started here and want to replicate in different places in the country. Sounds nice. And and it becomes, I'm assuming it comes almost like a community gathering place, like a hub, right? A, 100%. Nucleus, we have, there's yeah. festivals, there's things going on in the parking lot. There's it's it, it is, it really is. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Did you get an opportunity to sort of like, you know, enjoy your enjoy the fruits of your labor by just, you just sort of like go sometimes and hang out in the parking lot and watch everybody having a good time or <laughs> <laughs> the parking lot, the store. Yes. Yes. It, it is fun. And like every business, everything has its challenges associated with it. And you just look at your wins. Like we got this opened here and um, yeah, there's, we could go into, I don't know. I, I have this habit of looking at the negative side on a lot of things and I'm working on that to get to the positive, <laughs> look at your wins. So the store is open. We have, we accomplished that. We're making that a, a model pilot for other stores. We want to have, and our, our plan has been to put, have that indoor controlled farm that actually fed the grocery store. So it has more, you know, locally produced nutritious food. We haven't quite gotten there, but we're still working on that part. 
um, and working with farm. So it's just expanded to working the farmers in in the city or in the area to improve their soil. Um, improved soil makes better food, makes higher nutrition food. Then it doesn't travel as far. There's, it's, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And did I learn all this stuff in medical school? Did not at all. <laughs> I'm meeting so many people that are educating me so much more on real health. Yeah. So I hate to, I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Our system's a sick system, not a health system. Right. And so we, I want people to be healthy. That's just so you can stay out of our sick system. <laughs> Stay out of my office. <laughs> I want to leave my office. I don't want to have to have my office. Right. right? Exactly. Like, I don't have any more patients. They're all, they're all well. They're all healthy. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, you, you incent people for the behavior you want them to have. So if every time, you know, if you only get paid when people are sick, where is your incentive really to make them long-term health? Right. I mean, it's sad, but if somebody's, you know, you get a trip to Hawaii, if you prescribe this many pills, guess what? You know, I mean, not consciously, right? But no. perhaps you say, well, hey, they might be able to benefit from this. You know, if it doesn't work for them, they don't have to take it. The, the bigger part of that is that we have, we're so instant gratification. And I, and I don't know when that happened. Maybe it's always been that way, but I have more people come in and would rather have a pill than stop drinking coffee because they go to the bathroom so often, or more people who would you know, just give me a pill so that this doesn't happen anymore. I don't want to have to change anything I do. Just, just make it this way. And the part of the other problem in our medical system is that we don't have enough time to spend to really educate on why that's not the best thing to do. So I can give you this pill and here's what's going to happen. It'll make you not go to the bathroom. Then you're going to be constipated. Then your mouth's going to be dry and you're going to want to eat more. And then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. So then you're going to take all these other pills to fix this problem. Where if you just drank more water, <laughs> my sister, my sister says, I'm not going to tell you what's wrong with me. Cause you're just going to say, drink more water. <laughs> a friend of my, one of my, one of my mentors was talking about a book she read. That's called, you're not sick. You're thirsty. See, somebody even wrote a book about it, right? Give it to your sister. <laughs> so that is our joke in our family. Anybody calls with any kind of issue, no matter who they call, the first thing they say is drink more water. Like, take two glasses of water and call me in the morning. <laughs> awesome. If that doesn't work, take two more. <laughs> and the, you know, I didn't, we didn't plan this either, but I'm actually drinking water while we're having this conversation. And I'm drinking coffee. So there you go. <laughs> Physician, heal thyself. <laughs> when we started, I was like, shoot, I didn't bring my water. I was like, okay, well, I got this coffee right here. So I'm, this well, is where mine as well. It's convenient, right? <laughs> Awesome. So what are your, so right now it sounds like you're focused a lot in your somewhat local area, right? Uh, Midwest. Yeah. So, okay. Well, this is not, oh, not stuff. exactly a neighborhood. Exactly. We've got actually one of the guys I've been working with is now doing some stuff over in Africa. Um, Sudan, I think I can't hundred percent remember the country, but Sudan, and we're working on doing a joint venture that way. So this yeah. just gets, it's just bigger and bigger. I'm working with a woman who has indoor controlled farms in Jackson, Wyoming, and she's putting up her other, her next one in um, Maine and working to see if we can't get her here in Tulsa or somewhere in this Midwest corridor so that we can again, get the healthy food here in the Midwest and not have to travel so far to get good food. Mm. 
all year round. So you may imagine Jackson, Wyoming, it's got, you know, a growing right. system. So and then like Maine, she just likes the snow. <laughs> <laughs> she went there with a guy, her husband. She moved there with her husband. It's like, but she was from Chicago before that. So she likes cold. No, <laughs> no, she, she was from cold. New York. She was from New York. Um, so, I mean, if it can go in Jackson, Wyoming and have a 24, 7, 365 growing season. There's a yeah, hundred thousand pounds of food are grown there. So that feeds a lot of people, right? And the other thing she's doing, I'm advertising for vertical farms, is that she um, and hires and the workers there are traditional, traditionally difficult to hire or difficult people to get work. Um, and which is really, really, that's another social impact thing. So if you've got right. autism or Down syndrome, but you're a functional human being right. and can learn, those are the people she's hiring to work in her company. So that's, I love Vertical Harvest. It's just a beautiful company to me. That's so fantastic. So I, I want to talk about this from the sort of mechanics of it, just for people who might be thinking of doing this kind of thing. But I, what I really want to do is just like talk and talk and talk about all the different cool, you know, you know, connectors and all the things that are happening because of this. But <laughs> let's talk about the nuts and bolts. So, you you know, it's 2008. You just lost your shirt. You're like, oh, crap. I guess I didn't know as much as I thought I did. But like I said, you are not alone in that. And even yeah. but you said. You, the one thing that separates, I don't want to say the men from the boys, but the successful from the non-successful people is that instead of saying, oh, I guess I'm just not cut out to do this. You said, I guess I don't know as much as I thought I did. So let me educate myself. Right. And and was that hard to do? Like after having just lost so much you, to just say like, okay, maybe I could do it better this time. You know, was it, did you feel like a Pollyanna or did you just like... <laughs> No, I didn't feel like a Pollyanna. I, I trying to remember those. I, I only remember thinking, okay, well, here we go. I, I guess I knew enough at that point. Cause I, like I said, a credit score of 500, I knew that I could do a lot. So going into making the decision to let it go, cause we were kept feeding, 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 and we're getting deep digger and digging a deeper and deeper hole for ourselves. Like, okay, we've got to stop. So it was an active decision to let things go. And that's that's the part that took a lot of of the grit and the courage to do is like I, I've got to stop. Yeah. And it was okay, what are what are the consequences of this? Okay, your credit score is gonna be crap. And okay, what does that do for you? Um, okay, well, I can do a lot without a credit score because I make money. So right. that's okay. Yeah. We lived in Hawaii at the time. It's like, okay, I might have to move because this is expensive, which yeah. was really hard because I loved living there. Yeah. And I've got to get some cash. I need a bulk of cash so I could, when, after I made the decision to do it, then all the real consequences came of all the, the law, there was lawsuits. There was a lot of stuff that happened after, after that. So and I, I need a bunch of cash to make all the stuff go away. Right. So that's what I had, I had to do. I found a position on back on the mainland that gave me a big signing bonus and okay, that's what I got to do. So that was a, this one sacrifice we had to make to do that. And you, you know, you talk yourself into all these things and why this is a good thing. And I had two children, they're going to go away to college. They're going to go to mainland. I'm not going to be, you know, there was a lot anyway. Right, right, yeah, so did yeah. that. And what the first thing I did with that signing bonus after paying off all the stuff was buy three houses. This was 2010 to buy three houses in the Midwest, two cars, cash, you know, done with it. 
and started up again and then got into all this the um, education. I really invested more in myself than in everything else out there. We had learned, like I said, management. We got a management company. We just, just everything I did a bit differently. And it was reading, it was podcast. It was, I wasn't, I don't know if I was going to as many courses at that time, but it was, I did a lot of reading in and still with my job. So still full-time urology, figuring all this out. So it's just, I don't know where I had all that. I don't, I don't know. You know, if you look back, honestly, don't you know, you look back on the hard times in your life and you're like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how I did I lived that. through that. But it, you did, and I'm still here. And now I can talk about it and tell people like, yeah, that I know it feels really bad right now. You're going to be okay. And that's the one thing, one lesson I love to have with my kids. And they got to see all that. I didn't hide any of it from them. Two girls who now know life doesn't always go smoothly and you get up and you keep going from that. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it helped you too, because you knew that other people, and this is what keeps, you know, kept me going. If anyone else can make money doing this, then I should be able to, right? Exactly. It's just a question of learning. It's getting, it's getting out of your head. It's like, I am not dumb. This is not, that is not the problem. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> I've done, I've done a dumb thing, but I'm not dumb. So right. I can figure this out. And that's right. the, my whole, everything is always to me. I can figure this out. Can you do this? Sure. And in my head, I'm like, I have no idea how to do that, but I can figure it out. But I'm smart and I'll, but I'm, gosh, I'm, darn it. I'm going to figure it I out. I can figure it out. And if I can't figure it out, and I don't always spend a lot of time thinking about it myself. It's like, who do I know? that can help me with this. That's usually where I go. Who do I know that can help me with this? And that's you, the more people, you know, the more problems you can solve. That's the big thing for most people. And it's like, we, a lot of us like to stay in our own thing and figure it out ourselves. The A students like, I, I can figure this out myself. Got to get out of our way and let other people help you out. Yeah. That's one of my favorite expressions, like who, not how. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, I was just like, just rearrange your thinking. <laughs> rearrange it's those hard. letters. It's hard as a physician. We're used to having to figure it out ourselves. Right, like, exactly. I, I'm here. I got it. I should know this. Right. Well, you're doing Lawyer. surgery. You're not going to be following oh. a friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you do, believe it or not. <laughs> there, well, I won't even go into those stories because everybody will be really scared trying to stay out of surgery. You guys have no idea. <laughs> get that curtain pulled back and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to eat. Are better. they sedated? Cause I got to tell you, I don't know what the <laughs> heck is going on here. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> this is really over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you see yourself going from here? Do you have like a stretch goal? Yeah, do you have like well, a, something you really want to, that would I light you up least- right now? Uh, well, I'm in, I'm really building my program and really working to get more and more professional women investing and having fun while we're doing it like you and I, I mean, this has just been fun. You right. laugh, you have a good time. <laughs> Money is not that serious. It's really not. <laughs> There's enough of it for everybody all the right. time. It's if a we tool. Just relax. And I'm telling you, I'm still learning it. You guys, this is not, it's not an easy thing because that's not how we're raised, right. but have fun, open up, let's get together. And so my thing right now is I'm 10,000 women investing in social impact projects, helping other women and other people and other kids have a better life and just think what that's going to do. And I'm going international on this whole thing. It's not just the United States. Let's just open it up to the world and see where we, see what we do. Let's, 
see how much difference we can make instead of being in the little nitpicky social little crap stuff that's going on in our world right now. Let's get past all that. The people, it's us out here that's going to make a big difference. We can let all the rest of that politics and all that stuff go and do do your thing. Let's make a difference right here. I love that. Wow. I'm I'm inspired. I'm I'm like roused, right? That was like a rousing speech. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking myself up too. I didn't sleep well last night. It's been rough. <laughs> Let's get going here. Right. So t- now you you're you do this through syndication, right? I do. Yes. Yes. So some is I I'm not I don't necessarily raise the money, but I find and vet sponsors and projects, and so that my investor clients don't have to do that. And then I connect the two. Okay. So then, you know, and I, and then I walk you through that whole thing of the PPM and what does that look like? And what, what the heck is a PPM number one? And then you're going into the, you know, what do these words mean and all this stuff? So I'm walking you through all of that. I'm making sure you understand what that sponsor's saying. I'm making sure that sponsor's telling you what needs to be said and you know, the questions to ask. So all of those things is how I'm helping other women to invest in syndications or just whatever you want. So I, I want my money to go and make a difference for me and other people. Some people want to put their money out in the world in apartments or whatever you want to invest in and bring it back and then invest in other people and other things like that. Either way, it's fine. And we just need to not be selfish, which I don't think the majority of people are. I really don't. Yeah. That's not what it looks like on TV, but the majority of people are not <laughs> selfish and we want to help. We want to help. So wh- however you work it, is good. Just make sure that you are fa- you are good foundationally for yourself financially. You're having a good time. You can do with your money what you want to do and have your money do for you what you want it to do. And let's make everybody better. Fantastic. So just to um, for people who are listening who didn't catch any, because we've had a couple of different people who do syndication on the show, but just um, quick ex- explanation for people who aren't too familiar to understand how it would work for them if they wanted to do some investing without buying their own place and fixing their own, you know, toilets and stuff. So a syndication of real estate is where you invest your money with a bunch of other people to buy something that your money and you by yourself may not have been able to do. And for you, you're called a passive investor in that deal. So you've, you've put your money to work. You don't have to work. You did the work making the money. Now your money's out there doing the work for you. You've vetted the sponsor. You know who this person is you've given your money to. You have their phone number in your phone, all these things that are just really important to me. And they put the money, they go out and they make sure your money's doing what they planned for it to do, if not better. So that's the, is that basic syndication that? Yeah. So that's perfect. Yep. And that's fantastic. So someone who's, and it sounds like you're not just saying thanks, you know, for the money and I'll let you know how it goes, but you're actually taking the time to educate them on what they should be looking for. And so that if they, you know, ever wanted to do this, that they're learning some skills that they could use if they wanted to, you know, blow this up and do a lot more of it. hundred percent. 100%. It's like, how do I vet this person? Like, okay, yes, I'm ready to invest. I want to do it. Okay. Now what? And that's where a lot of us get stuck. Now what? I've got this 30 hour, 40 hour, 60 hour a week job. I don't have time for that. Right. So I can work with you to vet a sponsor. Like I said, vet a deal and then educate you along the way so that when you feel like you have more time, it's like, oh yeah, I got this now. It's simple. You can go do it yourself. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah, not it's hard, just, but it's difficult. 
Does that make sense? Well, it's complicated. There's complicated. a lot to it. A lot of moving parts, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But That's if you have a guide, if you have an excellent guide, like Felicia, she's going to give you like, oh, I'm just going to hold your hand and take you on this cool journey. Hold your hand <laughs> and we will have fun. We're going to yellow bird road it all right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, is there a minimum for people, for investors, like a minimum that it makes, doesn't make sense if you've only got five grand or whatever? I mean, is there a, is there a certain, you know, target that you're looking for, for people to get involved? So we, I work with people us all. So for investing, most of the deals are going to be a hundred thousand dollars or something, but they require accreditors and accredited investor is someone who has an income of at least a hundred thousand dollars on their own in this year. And there's some other things around there or 300,000 as a couple or a net worth of at least a million, not including your, your primary residence, primary residence. Yes. Um, so credit investors, that's a lot of people, but not everybody that wants to invest. There's people that, that are not accredited, but want to invest. And there are deals out there for you too. And if you have $25,000 and you're trying to figure it out, or you're, $5,000 and you're working to figure it out, I recommend that you come on with us and play Cashflow 101 and learn how to build that $5,000 into something more and get past the fear. Because sometimes when you, ha when, you, when you have a little bit, you're like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. And, that's and then what happens? You lose it. <laughs> Yeah, like, exactly. Cause you, you gotta be, you can't be in a scarcity mindset. Right. I mean, that's no. just what it all boils it's, down to. There's it's yep. money. This, I, the, I heard the best thing that I just, this comes up to me, you know, it comes back to me many times is that, you know, money is a liquid asset and you have to keep it moving. It has if to, you don't want stagnant, right? Nope. It's flowing. It's going to, nope. if it goes out, it's going to come in. It's just the way it goes. Right. It, and it just realize how much money there is. I mean, if the government could come up with trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars and they have no money, it's <laughs> there's money everywhere. Truly, it really is. And if just start that thought process of there's always money. Just yeah. if you think about it in your life, I don't have enough money. Okay, but then you got enough money to do whatever you needed to do, right? It it does keep coming. It does. So yeah. th just even start practicing that. Just. Money is everywhere. Money is everywhere. Money is everywhere. Just, and you'll start seeing it. I promise you, even if it's pennies and dimes on the ground, you're going to start seeing money everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that's just the small thing. So any, it's a hundred thousand dollars for a lot of the deals that we look at. Some are 50 accredited most investors. And then if, if you're somebody who's just getting started, I have the game and I had like a medical student playing the other day. And she's like, it's just so excited to learn the new, the words. So you go to medical school and you learn all this new language and lingo, and then you go into um, investing and there's all new words in lingo. And some of it's Wall Street wants to keep you dumb. So they make new words all the time that you don't understand. And they're not, it's just a matter of understanding. It's yeah. like somebody to walk you through. What does that mean? How does that used? It, it, it's it's not that hard, but people do want sometimes to keep you dumb. It's like if you go and you go to your doctor and your doctor starts using medical lingo, you're like, what the heck are you talking English, about? English, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I love to do. I love to make sure people understand the the language of investing, and just like the language of medicine. It's all can be broken down to something that everybody can understand. If the person you're talking to can't do it, they're not the person for you. To me, that's that simple. Well, because it's absolutely true. If they're trying to like, you know, baffle you with BS, then right. What are they trying to hide? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Just know so, you're not least, dumb. You should understand it. 
Okay. Exactly. You might be uneducated or ignorant about this one particular topic, but that doesn't make you dumb. It doesn't make you anything. It just make, yeah. means that you just have a new language to learn. This is a few little things. You can make some crib notes and you'll be there, right? I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. So, I mean, God, I, I, I really, I could talk to you for like 10 hours. We could have fun. <laughs> I think that might get a little old for the listeners. So. <laughs> What is it? Is there anything in our conversation? Is there anything you wish I would have asked you or anything that we missed that you want to just say sort of to, to round out our wonderful conversation today? Uh, You know, the biggest thing that we, we said, and I think we hit on it a few times is that understand that this is new. And if you've never invested before, it's new to you. And if you've invested before and you're had your financial advisor talk to you and you didn't understand, it's not because you can't understand. It is very understandable. So that's number one. Number two is money is everywhere. Just keep that, just say that all the time. Money is everywhere. And you will truly, truly start to see it. And your money should be working harder for you than you're working for it. So that's number three. We'll very see. well put. I like that. Awesome. Awesome. So if people want to reach out to you, I mean, obviously we're going to put all your notes, all your uh, links and stuff in the show notes, but if let's say that somebody's inspired right now and they're just like, oh my gosh, I want to speak to her some more. Dr. Philly CFO. I want her in my life. I want to make her a part of my investment future. How, what's the best way for them to reach you? Go to moneywithmission.com and hit that book a call and let's talk about it. It's like that, that, that button is free. It's a free button to have some fun with me. Let's do it. No charge for looking as they say in the market. (laughs) Awesome. It's fun. And several months from now, Dr. Philly CFO is going to be a guest on my other podcast, which is Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life. And in that one, we'll have a little more time to talk. We'll catch up a little more. So that's probably six months from now when that one's going to air. So keep your eyes open for that. (laughs) We're way way ahead on those. Um, And in the meantime, forward this to someone who you think is a cool, interesting person who would like to have a wonderful, illuminating and very fun conversation. And um, have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.